0: Boom. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Jackass Philosophy, as always, Josh Jensen. Um, this week, we're going to be examining one of the two major ideologies that has influenced the Western world more than almost anything else. Okay, first is Christianity, which we're not going to be talking about yet, we'll talk about it later. But number two, we're actually going to be talking about logic. Now, who's the guy who made logic? Oh, Aristotle. Aristotle is a guy who made logic. He has a really cool nickname in the philosophy world of the master. He is the master philosopher, and he lived a crazy interesting life. He, he influenced the United United States. He influenced Europe and the United States and Canada a ton. I'm talking a ton. First of all, he was the mentor to Alexander the Great, and we all know what he did. He conquered most of the world at during his time. Killed a whole bunch of people, probably probably did some pretty gnarly stuff, but it's all because Aristotle gave him all the knowledge that he ever could have asked for. So Aristotle kind of unknowingly helped Alexander the Great become who he is. And that's one way he, he, he influenced the world. But on a more philosophical note and scientific note, actually, he did a ton okay i know i said that already but just roll with me okay he used to go up to morgues and buy bodies off of like grave sites pretty much he'd probably go up to a guy and be like hey i want to buy a body <laughs> and the guy's like hey man that's a little weird but uh how much you how much you paying me and he said i'll pay you this much and they were like okay fine so he'd pay these guys money for these bodies and he'd take them home and he'd start chopping them up chopping them up like uh the guy from the silence of the lambs is that it one of the murder ones anyways he'd go home start chopping them up not in a sadistic way but more in a scientific way to see what is inside of the human body and he started to, to sketch it so he'd chop someone up he'd look at their heart their guts their lungs and he just starts sketching away. And he was one of the first people to actually make anatomical representations from the body to the piece of paper. Um, so he, he, he really contributed a lot to biology and specifically human anatomy. But philosophically, he also contributed in the world of ethics. He, if you ever heard of live between your means, pretty much that's what Aristotle said thousands of years ago. Okay. He also had another uh, philosophical topic of classifying your friends. He he thought you needed different classifications of friends because it was just valuable to know where your friend, who your friends are, and where they stand. Um, but the second most influential thing that has happened in North America, Europe, and Canada is logic, and Aristotle's a guy who really started logic. Now, a lot of you might be thinking. Josh, I know what logic is. Well, guess what? No, you don't. Okay. There's a lot of people walking around in the United States specifically who think they're very logical, but they are not. So logic, what is it in the realm of philosophy? Well, logic is the study of reasoning, really. And it's not like before Aristotle, nobody reasoned. It's not like everyone walked around and just like haphazardly like stumbled their way through life. That's kind of ridiculous. But what Aristotle did is that he formalized logic. And what do I mean by formalized logic? Okay, well, let's let's take a step back. Specifically, Aristotle created something called categorical logic. Now categorical logic is essentially what humans do automatically. We see things on the road, we'll be like, hey, that's a tire, that's a triangle, that's a circle, that's an octagon, that's a stop sign that's a red light, that's a green light, we automatically put these objects into categories, right? And we put them, like, for instance, shapes. We, when I say circle, we identify a circle because it doesn't have any edges, or, yeah, like any square edges, right? When I say a square, you're like, ah, yes, that has four square edges because we associate these these facts of, the shape with the shape, and we create these categories in our minds for each thing. And that doesn't, it doesn't apply to shapes, it also applies to animals, colors, people, um, almost anything we do. And because our brains are one big giant supercomputer, we are really, really good at it. If I tell you to think of a pink elephant, you could automatically think of a pink elephant. And it's because our brains are so good at categorizing things, right? So with Aristotle thinking, like, hey, you know, we're really good at that, let me try to figure out how to go about creating this logic format that will be universal for everything. Now, this is the first ever um, steps at logic, so it is very simple and very baseline, but he used to create these things called syllogisms, right? I'll give you an example of one, and I'm not going to get too thick in the weeds with predicates and all the, that other shit, okay? But I, I'm going to give you an example. If you were to write out these three sentences, it would be logically, um, logically valid, okay? If I said something along the lines of, Aristotle is a man. All men will die. Therefore, Aristotle will die. Now, as you can see, me saying that sentence, what's going on is I'm comparing, I'm saying Aristotle's a man, I'm categorizing him as a man, I'm saying all men must die, so I'm giving another category from man, or giving another attribute to a man, and since Aristotle is a man, he shares the same attribute as what men share. So, you come to the logical conclusion that Aristotle must die. Or will die, or however you want to say it. That's a classic one that everyone says, and it's very easy to go about. Now, as you can see, like that is logically, um, it makes sense, right? It it's very easy to wrap your mind around. However, that is what we call formally sound, for, formally valid, and logically sound. Okay. However, the issue is, and this is where we see it all today. You can have something that is formally valid but not sound and soundness is kind of like when when things make sense okay so if i say something kind of off the chain and you're kind of like oh yeah uh that makes sense question mark if that's the case typically most of the time that means the argument or the logical conclusion they're trying to get to is not sound i'll give you an example Okay, so we're going to use the same setup as we did with the Aristotle's man thing, and I'm going to keep it very, very simple. Okay, all right, so. Okay, here we go. A whale. A whale is a mammal. All mammals live on land. Therefore, whales live on land. As you all know, whales, in fact, do not live on land. Whoa. I am pretty shocking, but since whales do not live on land, this argument is not sound. Sure, formally, the way it's written, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, like that is a formally valid argument. However, the problem is, is that when you start looking at the details, you're like, wait a second, hold on, hold your horses there. That doesn't make sense at all. Since when do whales live on land? I ain't never seen a whale with legs, that's kind of crazy. That, that, whew, whew. A whale with legs, that sounds terrifying. Imagine if, instead of eating krill, they ate, like, I don't know, humans? Ugh, that'd be terrible. If they did eat mosquitoes, though, that'd be really cool, because fuck mosquitoes, I really don't like those guys. Anywho, as you can see, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So that's a quick introduction to what logic is when it's either valid in form, or sound and unsound, and we can go into so many realms of possibilities of of where we see this not uh, being shown very well, this, this whole idea of logic and reasoning, but I think, I think, one of the best places to see where logic and reasoning was just thrown out the fucking window was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was that TV show that swept the nation, Everyone loved it. I'm talking everyone I knew was talking about Game of Thrones when season 8 was coming out. And it was a big fucking deal. It was a huge deal. It was the number one one TV show in the world and everyone was so amped up about it. And the reason why everyone was so amped up about it is because as the series was winding down, everyone kind of saw, everyone had these binoculars and everyone was seeing exactly, exactly where it was going unfortunately for us as the audience the producers and directors decided to um take our binoculars slam them on the ground sweep it up give it back to us and say hey look at look through these guys and we're like what the fuck why did you just do that <laughs> so essentially what happened was we were all going down this very logical path of character development right And there's a whole bunch of issues with Season 8 and character development and logic, but I think the most clear one will be us examining the women of Game of Thrones, okay? So, the common theme that almost all of the women characters had was that they were strong, powerful, and independent. They need no man, okay? They could accomplish anything they wanted without no men. Now... Of course, they needed men to help. But all the plans they wanted to do, they didn't give shit. They were going to do them either way. One character in particular that I think is worth bringing up is one of the protagonists of the entire series. Her name is Daenerys Targaryen. All right, So Daenerys Targaryen was actually not in Westeros. She was in Essos at the beginning of Season 1. She ends up conquering... Well, I wouldn't say conquering, but she ends up being a huge force in Essos. I'm talking, she got got some horse people following her. She got a couple of dragons. She got this crazy slave army that's not slaves anymore, but still kind of behave like slaves. And on top of that, she going to every single city with their slaves and saying, nah, bitch, no more of that shit. Uh Uh-uh, no slaves here. Not today. I am the breaker of chains. And ultimately her goal is to get back to Westeros because she wants her land back. Basically, long story short, the Targaryens back in the day used to wear used to rule Westeros and then she's like, "Now nah, that's my land and I want to be queen now." And, and that's kind of why she went through that whole debacle, okay? But throughout this entire time, we're like rooting for her because she is truly a good human being. She has a great moral compass and she's trying to do the best she can and the way she's processing the world in her own mind. So she is this powerful leader who is going to lead the next people into the glory age of Westeros. And we're all, as the audience, are like, yes, exactly, that's what's going to happen. And that was leading into season seven. So season eight, we're like, oh boy, here we go, baby. I am so ready to see my girl Daenerys go conquer the freaking world and everyone's gonna be so happy and it's gonna be all great And it's gonna be really fun, and I'm gonna love it a lot. And then the producer said "No, no, 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 no." So like I said we categorized her as this strong independent powerful woman If we were to put it in Aristotle language, this is how we cla- class or blah, 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 Categorized her right we said this Danny is a woman women and Game of Thrones are strong, independent, and powerful. Therefore, Danny is strong, independent, and powerful. And that's what we were thinking. And that's exactly what we were thinking going into season eight. We, we all knew. We saw where this was going. Like I said, we were looking through those goddamn binoculars, and we could see it clear as day, and we were about to take the shot, we were about to be so amped up. But then, unfortunately for us as the viewer the directors came and they said yeah you know that whole category that you had Danny in yeah she she's actually not like that and it was in a matter of two episodes in a matter of two episodes after the seven seasons of character development she goes from being this independent independent powerful leader to an emotional neurotic mess in two episodes. And the reason why they did that was to go for shock factor, which is really, really sad to me as a viewer because you can't be introducing new things to the audience on your last season. You can't do something so totally unexpected to leave us wondering why. And that's exactly what happened. We were wondering why did this take such a left turn why did this logically not make sense and I'm not the only one who felt like that there was literally a petition to try to get Game of Thrones season 8 remade because it was just so disappointing for everyone and that's the thing you can't you can't bring us down this whole logical path about how a character is going to play out and then not do it because like I said before Our brains are supercomputers we figure out things very very well and with game of thrones being the most popular thing on tv at the time there was a millions and millions of people who were watching and who all thought generally the same thing okay and that's why logic is important and maybe if the producers and directors got someone who majored in philosophy or maybe not even majored in philosophy but took a couple philosophy classes you know had maybe even a super fan, someone who keeps track of all the, the things that happen in Game of Thrones, they wouldn't have made this issue. And if they didn't make this issue, then we would have had a great season eight. I think it would have been badass. I think it wouldn't have been really, really cool. But that's why logic is important. And me explaining this to you guys, it's just, it, it kind of shows that there's underlying things that cause emotion, right? A lot of people just said they didn't like Season 8 because they didn't like Season 8. And they didn't like how it ended. Some people like got to the point of like, you yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. And I think that's the root of why it was so unpopular. Because it doesn't make sense. And when things don't make sense, it kind of angers you. Especially with something you're really, really passionate about. But anyways, that's all I got to say about that. Um, I guess this week is a little bit shorter episode, but I guess that's just how it played out. But that's okay. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys, goodness gracious, I got a cotton ball in my mouth. (laughs) I hope to see you guys next week. Drink a lot of water. Go work out. Eat some healthy food. Enjoy time with your family. All right. See you guys. Bye.